dig this. First 125, Moro here from Grundle. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Meta, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fly Racing, Bills Pipes, W Wheels, Motul MX, X-Brand Goggles, Moto Ice Wrap, and Moto Stuff make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Meta. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than Frank Mann. Frank, how's it going? Hey, man, I'm doing great. How are you, Brad? Thanks for having me on. Hey, thank you for making some time for us. I, too, am doing great. Glad to hear uh, as uh, we are in the middle of this week and uh, in the middle of a, uh, a bit of a blitz, as you would uh, you'd call for uh, for podcasts, hoping to try and put out as many as uh, 15 podcasts throughout the week, including the one uh, today, which I'm really excited about. Anytime I get a, t- a chance to talk to an ambassador of, uh, of Verb Moto, uh, it's a pleasure for me, and uh, I'm glad to have you on yeah well hey i'm we're excited to be on a uh, big fan of your uh big fan of your show ah, i appreciate that uh of, of the ones that you've listened to so far uh which one uh did you enjoy the most put you on the spot like that well i just started kind of listening to some of them i liked uh uh the guy with uh ah, getting old and forgetting Perfect. um uh our fast house teller um Kenny Alexander? Good grief. Yeah. Hello, Kenny. Great, it was, great uh, podcast. It was nice talking, and uh, I liked your uh, Willie Simmons Jr. stuff. And uh, um, So, yeah, they're all good. I enjoy them. I appreciate that, my friend. And I'm glad to have you on. Uh, we're, of course, connected uh, through, uh, through um, my covering of, of Meta. I had Andrew Campo on uh, almost exactly one week's time ago. And... Um, a little bit before that, uh, couldn't help but notice uh, you sporting that meta uh, black and uh, the, the the meta black helmet at um, the the Daytona uh, Amateur Supercross. So um, had to start following you a little bit, figure out who who, who exactly you are. And uh, before long, uh, we were on the phone uh, not two days ago and uh, had ourselves a great conversation, yep. a great per, uh, precursor to uh, what what I expect to be a great podcast. Well, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, that uh, that helmet is, um, I mean, it's bitching. We, uh, I've been uh, friends with Andrew and uh, Jason Assad, our CEO, for some time on the, on the Meta and both uh, uh, the Vermoto side. And you know, part of being a brand ambassador, you know, they, it's really just being exactly what the uh, title entails, and that's just spreading the uh spreading the stoke for the brand and try to build some uh, value creation uh and along with verb moto but also with uh meta and uh you know meta's more more than just moto it's about a two-wheel lifestyle and, and uh i try to uh i try to embody that 
and, and what I do and where I'm going. But, uh, yeah, the helmet was a cool idea. We, um, Jason and I were, um, talking one night as we pretty much talk every night. And, uh, I was telling him, I was like, you know, we need to put together a helmet. And, uh, it was kind of on the tail end, uh, the same time, Christina Denny, uh, who's the team manager for Cycle Trader Rock River, uh, we had kind of—I uh, say we Meta had kind of got together with them on a on a collaborative effort and, and got uh, Josh Gray uh, with Shades of Gray uh, custom helmet painting. Yeah, guy's amazing talent. Uh, reached out to uh, Josh and uh, were able to put together some helmets for the team. Uh, Josh did, uh, and they came out great. But what we wanted to do was to do something very specific to Meta, uh, you know, not necessarily on the lines of like the Red Bull helmets and all that, but we wanted a helmet that was um, that was very specific um, to what we are and who we are, and you know, unique, um, very clean, but very bold at the same time. And uh, Ben Geis uh, put the uh, design together. Uh, he did the design for the uh, Supercross helmets for the Cycle Trader guys. Uh, and of course that had some of the other, uh, sponsorships that they needed to contractually. But for us with the meta, we, um, we, we ran with that design and Josh just did an amazing job. Um, did them in a matte black with, um, with the white, uh, metal logo and they're, they're just, they really pop. So it's cool to hear that you like them. And, uh, we have other, a couple other guys wearing them, uh, got a, uh, pretty fast up and coming kid out of Georgia, uh, named Taylor Benton. Yeah, he just qualified in uh, a couple of the B classes um, for the Mid East, so he had a good ride wearing it. And uh, Timmy Bedore, who's uh, he's been uh, I've been helping him for a few years, and uh, he's uh, Open Pro Sport, acquiring his points for his pro license, and uh, super rad kid sporting a, a metal lid as well. So, yeah, thanks for bringing up the helmet. We're really proud of those things. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Shades, uh, Josh over at Shades of Grey, uh, unworldly talent. Um, he can make something so simple look so beautiful. He can look so, uh, he can go wild with the colors and really make it flashy. And uh, testament to uh, to the simplicity and the beauty of both the logo and the lettering of Meta. Not too often do you get uh, a black helmet uh, to uh, to turn heads, but uh, you guys have achieved that, and uh, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Um, you know, we tried to, you know, Verb and that are, are really two separate companies. Right. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I wanted to do when we uh, put it together is, is, and it's really just for my helmet, um, because folks do kind of know me. I'm affiliated to help the guys and just want to support Meta as much as I can and promote what an awesome uh, quarterly periodical that is. But uh, more than that, I wanted also to have the Verb on there. So, Mine's the only one that's going to have that on there, which, which, um, you know, as Jason and, and the guys would probably tell you, makes me special more than just one way, and I, and special not as in a, an exceptional way, but as in a, a challenged way. <laughs> but uh, anyway, they, uh, but the other guys, we did the meta, and it came out really good. Uh, Josh, uh, I can't just man, I can't say enough about the guy. He. Uh, and uh, anybody out there that's listening to your show that has an opportunity or some ideas or even just some thoughts of having a custom painted helmet, man, I really encourage them to get out there and uh, get on the phone. Josh is certainly the type of guy I'll take the time for you and uh, and work with you and talk about what your ideas are. And he's he's pretty visionary with 
with what he does. Uh, when we told him what we wanted, he, he loved it. And then uh, on the back, we said, uh, you know, I said, what do you think about the names? And he said, I'm thinking uh, on the back, we go with some sort of uh, graffiti type um, type of font with some really flow yellow and orange type stuff that would just really pop off the back uh, of the helmet. So uh, really blow the names up. And he did. And so we just let him run with it. And he did them all the same. So yeah. again, can't say enough about Josh and Shades of Grey. Honestly, no. Like I, I, I love that guy. Uh, he's he's been uh, he's been through it all and kept a smile on his face. And as well as uh, he's one of those guys that um, like a lot of people say, you, know, you want to get a custom helmet. Like you don't want to have to deal with all like oh I, like I don't know what I would want on there. I don't really know how to design anything. I'm not creative. No, what you do with Josh is that you you give him five ideas. You give him a couple of colors to, to that you want. You give him a couple of colors you don't want on there, and you just let him go. And uh, I guarantee whatever he comes up with is going to be gold, and you're going to love it. It's going to turn heads. And uh, anyone who's looking to set themselves apart from the herd as far as a, a helmet painting goes, then uh, you got to call up Shades of Grey. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, it, it fit me perfectly because I, I kind of always like to do a little stuff a little bit different, which is, you know, one of the things I've always been, uh, I've always loved my uh, support I've gotten with uh, Troy Lee and and the relationship that I started building with Kenny and those guys uh, at Fast House. And, you know, just the uniqueness, um, something that's not every day uh, that you're not going to walk into your local uh you know, your local motorcycle shop and walk out where, you know, you go to the line and you're, you're wearing the same thing that 20 other guys are, you know, whatever the 2015 or whatever the 2016 line is. So I've always kind of liked something a little unique and, and um, I mean, and doing things a little bit different. I mean, it yeah, actually probably bodes why I, uh, I hung up the 450 last year and decided uh, we're going to go two-stroking. Yeah. It's just way cooler. Not everybody's doing it. And, uh, so, yeah, it all just fit right into the ideas of, of how I like to roll. And uh, I don't know. That's my swagger, I guess. <laughs> Plus, that two-stroke that you got is absolutely tightly buttoned up. That thing is unreal it's it's photo it's a it's uh it's photo shoot worthy it's uh woman crush wednesday worthy and uh honestly i might throw that up on the on my on my instagram page before the day is out just because Please she's do. so beautiful uh with the uh the cycle trader rock river yamaha graphics everything down to the uh i believe you got a works uh fmf uh pipe on there and uh just tip to tail she's gorgeous and uh almost almost don't want to take it on the track other than the fact that she rips, and I know that's why you own it in the first place. Well, yeah, uh, there's actually a great story behind that bike. Uh, Go for it. So, and, and it's the, the timing couldn't be better because this weekend it's the MXA uh, two-stroke championship out in Glen Helen, that's sponsored by FMF. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the last couple of years, um, three years, three years, four years. Uh, I would go out in the spring um, to the uh, to go ride the um, Monster Energy Rip to Cabo with my Desert Assassin buddies, and uh, Timmy Bedore, who uh, came into our lives a couple years ago, um, he had never been really west of the Mississippi. So when he first was living with us, this was prior to Timmy having some success at Loretta's. He was just a he was a moto grom hanging out with me and being my riding buddy and. Um, 
So we said, hey, let's uh, let's go on out to, um, why don't you go with me, go see California. Uh, you can hang out with my Sprinter van, the, the, the man van, cruise all over SoCal. Um, he hung out and stayed with Cameron's deal for a while and, and stayed with some other buddies that I had out there at their homes while we were down in Baja. And um, so I'm down in Baja and I come back and, and I find out, you know, of course, when you're down in Baja, you don't have any service at all. But I get this text when I get back to where I have some service, and it's Timmy, and he's rocking this first-place trophy. Um, I guess it was 2013 or 14 from the MXA two-stroke championships. Right. Well, um, anyway, you'll have to forgive my southern storytelling. I can I can certainly tell a long story, but we get to um, we get to the. Uh, we get to 2014, and Timmy drives out there, and, and, and he does the two-stroke championship. Well, then last year in 2015, he goes out for the two-stroke championship again, uh, which, as I said, is this weekend at Glen Helen. Right. Well, the top 12, I think it was either the top 10 or the top 12 uh, guys get an automatic invite to the Glen Helen Outdoor National because uh, Little D and FMF being the title sponsor, they came up with an idea. And so last year they ran a moto for those that, for those that uh, actually followed and watched the Outdoor National. Uh, they ran a moto, a two-stroke moto, a 20-minute plus two. That's right, um, yeah, yeah. Sean Collier moto. was in it last year. Sean Collier was absolutely in it. Well, so anyway, we're out there um, just about this time when I was out there doing the Rip Cabo before I headed out. And um, Timmy and I were over at uh, La Jolla Sports, and then uh, we went up with um, Chad Kreitz, who's with um, La Jolla that handles the FMF apparel line. He's their brand manager. And since we ride the FMF and represent them, he's like, hey, man, let's go over to Compton. So we went over to Compton and uh, saw the factory. We're hanging out with Little D. And, and I told Little D, I was like, hey, you know, we'd really like to come back. Uh, Timmy had just raced it. I think he'd gotten like 13th. Um, and, uh, you know, not his best ride, but he's certainly faster. But little D was like, yeah, man, uh, we'd love to have him back. Well, so we're getting close to coming back and, and we decided, uh, if we're going to go out to California for the outdoor national, we need a bike. And so I reached out to, um, uh, two of several friends and I said, Hey, listen, you know, we're going to come out for the outdoor national for this two stroke. What if we just flew out and, you know, do we got a buddy out there that might have a two stroke or whatever, you know, it's just going to be for fun. You know, Timmy can ride anything. Well, as we kept going on further and further, we kind of got to this idea. And Jason McCoon, who's with inside line connect, yep. uh, was a good buddy of mine out there. And, and, uh, he represents, uh, Evans and, uh, works with FMF on their marketing side and also boys. And, and he's got some buddies at motocross action. Well, anyway, Jason says, he's like, dude, let me see if we can build, do a bike build. And we'll do a bike build, a story, an article, and we'll do this build up, and uh, we'll build this two-stroke. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. If we're going to go this far, why don't I call Mike Duclos at uh, Cycle Trader, or excuse me, at Rock River, and see if they want to participate. So anyway, then Jason says, well, wait a minute. What if we did a, what if we did a replica two-stroke replica of the Cycle Trader Rock River factory bikes. And I'm like, wait a minute, now we're getting somewhere. This is really coming together. Yeah. And Jason said, I think we can I think we can do this. So I called Mike. Duclos was like, heck yeah, man, what a great idea. He goes, I'll donate the two-stroke. 
Um, so he puts a 2015 two-stroke in a crate, sends it out there. At the time, Austin Hoover was working with, who's now with Fox, was working at uh, uh, helping Christina and them at Cycle Trader. Uh, all the gang over at Cycle Trader uh, Rock River team was just super pumped on the idea. All the sponsors from uh, from uh, Tech Touch USA, which is as you see on my bike, we got the X Trig clamps to Enzo to uh, Frenchie at C4. Everyone pitched in. The guys at Torque One, FMF, they were just stoked out beyond belief. Guts Racing, uh, and everyone tied in with them. All got in, and they built this bike for Timmy. Yeah. So Timmy and I fly out there for the Outdoor National, and this whole time I'm thinking, someone is going to have a pretty sweet bike when we get done. So we get out there, and sure enough, Timmy goes, and we, we check this bike out. We pick it up at Jason McCombs, goes out to Pala. He's throwing whips all over the place, testing it. The next day we go out, and Timmy goes and takes a fourth overall. Um, Sean Collier was a beast on his 500, and I think um, Ames and um, I want to say Surratt was in front of him, but Timmy was charging at the end. But super solid ride. Well, we got done with this thing. This thing was the most beautiful two-stroke I'd ever seen. Uh, I called Mike Duclos and said, I want the bike. <laughs> Let me <laughs> buy it. And, and Duclos was like, not a chance, man. He goes, that one's coming home with me. So off this bike goes home, and his son had great success, I believe, with it at Loretta Lens. Uh, ripped some hole shots on it. And so I wanted one. And Duclos says, well, here's what we can do. So uh, he worked with me, and uh, I got me a two-stroke. And with the help of uh, the same partners that, that we built this original two-stroke for the magazine, which, by the way, Timmy's bike was featured in the centerfold of Motocross Action Magazine in August. Yep. Um, and so that got a ton of support, and um, I ended up building me a replica, Sands, the Enzo, and the uh, and the motor, my motor stock. Uh, don't really need a uh, model 47-year-old, but... Um, yeah, so that's the long story on the two-stroke, but it's a killer story, and, and I just... Every time I look at that bike and I get on, I just can't get enough, and it's it's uh, it's really fun when I pull it up to uh, pull it up in staging and guys check it out because it, you can see the look on their face. It's like, wait a minute, didn't I just see this bike? <laughs> so it's it's it was pretty cool. Plus, uh, any big team effort. Any time that you have uh, you see a two stroke roll up to the line, especially when it's about to uh, compete against a bunch of four strokes, uh, there's one thing that's on everybody's mind that a uh, the four strokes are going to have the upper hand in a few areas, but don't you dare get beaten by that two stroke because uh, for all intents and purposes, <laughs> that's old technology that shouldn't beat anybody out there, and uh, uh, you've proved otherwise. You get the power to the ground and. Uh, all, like with all the uh, the help from the the loyal sponsors of Rock, Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha, um, you've been uh, you've been rather successful at it, and um, that that's pretty cool. I, I love my two strokes. Uh, I am the original owner of both my uh, my bikes, my my O four KX one twenty five and my O five KX two fifty two stroke. They're matching. They are nice. twins, and uh, a little. Uh, Maxima Caster 927, uh, some race gas, and uh, I'm a happy camper, my friend. Uh, as long as I can keep fresh tires on her, she's uh, the, it's all I need in the world. Well, you know what? It's uh, it, it is everything you just said is 100 percent true. And one of the things that 
I cared about is, as you said, you know, there's a lot of expensive four-strokes sitting there that the last thing they want to do is have somebody out there with the technology of a toaster oven throwing <laughs> better lap times down. So yes, sir. <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and but at the same time, uh, I know it's kind of, it, it can be considered kind of lame, but at the same time, I like to tell them like if I if a buddy of mine beats me on his 450, I'm like, dude. You're you should have beat me. Yeah, you're supposed to. I'm riding a toaster oven, you goon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got $12,000 in your bike. <laughs> yeah. Way, way to go, bud. You, so. if you, you feel really happy about yourself. But <laughs> if, if you pass him, you'll, ne- you'll never live that down. There's no way. And there's no, no more satisfying feeling than yanking a four-stroke, uh, especially a 450, coming out of a corner. And, uh, like, it's just the smell, the sound. And uh, one of my favorite things about riding a two-stroke locally in races is that uh, when, you, when you're all in four-strokes uh, and you're not looking back, you're not supposed to look back in races, you're not too sure who's behind you. But uh, if you hear a peppy uh, a two-stroke behind you, Chances are it's the '95, and, uh, and and I'm coming for blood. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with it down there. It, it you know, it, it's I I grew up. You know, like I said, I, I'm 47 years old, and I grew up on two strokes. So you know, making the move to the four stroke, uh, I guess I got a uh, 13 450 uh, KTM, and uh, just a great bike. I loved everything about it except for. I couldn't ride it real fast. It, uh, I just kind of felt like it was more than more bike than I could possibly ride uh, to what it was built to ride. Right. Um, two fifty two stroke. You know, I'm, I'm I feel so much more comfortable just absolutely grabbing a handful and having a ball. And uh, I think it's probably closer akin to like a three fifty. Um, but the one thing about the uh, two stroke, as uh, as Big Donnie would always say, it's a, you know, if you start feeling guilty, man, just throw it, put a piston in it. <laughs> you can't really hurt them. Keep the dirt, keep the dirt out of them. And uh, if you're feeling guilty, throw a piston in it. So exactly, I, I, that's I like totally not, it. I, I like not having to do the mm-hmm. and not having to watch the hour meter all the time. You know, it's like, in fact, I didn't even put one when I built this one. I just figured, you know what? Every few months, I'll throw a piston in there when I feel guilty. So. <laughs> Exactly that, and uh, the the beauty of a two-stroke is that uh, uh, when your four-stroke goes, you have no idea what's going on with that thing. It could be a million different problems. You can fix it, and it could break the very next minute. Uh, with a two-stroke, you, you lock that engine up. You know exactly what's wrong. It's going to cost you about a hundred, two hundred and fifty dollars worth of parts, and about a case of beer and two hours of your time. The thing's going to uh, to come alive again, like it was never asleep. And uh, that, to me, is the beauty of uh, of two-stroke is its simplicity. I know how to work on them. Uh, I've never cracked one of my four strokes open uh, and do some open heart surgery. So, uh, and I don't plan to at any time. But um, that's the, yeah, to that. me. That's what it all comes down to. Is is that I know how to work on them. They're cheap to work on, and uh, it's just just a fun way to go to the races. It is. Well, I didn't mean to make the two stroke story such a long story, but uh, no, it's a fun it. one to tell. And, and uh, there was a lot of really cool people that were involved in making that happen, and. Uh, you know, so that's the story behind the two strokes. Yes, sir. And uh, don't don't uh, feel bad about uh, um, uh, going long on any of these stories. Uh, I, I'm probably as guilty as anybody in uh, in pushing a story to go a little longer than it needs to. But uh, I, I have a feeling that anyone who's willing to listen to uh, a motocross podcast is is probably hungry hungry for uh, for knowledge and and stories like this. So uh, we'll let them have it. And uh, I'm glad to, uh, to include people in on that. 
You got it. Well, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, speaking of the racing I, and, and the Rip to Cabo, I uh, uh, sadly this year I'm missing it. Um, my boys are taking off next week, but uh, with the Loretta qualifiers and and um, you know, getting busy with the uh, helping for, with Burb and some of the things I'm doing. I regretfully am going to have to miss that uh, south of the border crossing this year. And uh, But um, all my guys that are heading down there, heading into Baja, you know, I hope and pray they're all safe. And uh, I'm missing them. But I'll be catching back up with them later in the year, I'm sure, down down south of the border. And um, we'll be getting my desert in somehow. There you go. It, uh, don't let a year go by without doing so. Um so uh, before we jump straight into uh, to, to your racing and uh, your preparations for uh, for getting into some some area qualifiers and regional qualifiers for uh, Loretta's, uh, let, let's uh, give the uh, the listeners a little bit of an idea of uh, the day to day life or the the uh, what your day is like as a uh, an ambassador for uh, for a brand like uh, Verb Moto. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, um, you know, first and foremost, it's it's something that I do because I love the sport. Uh, I love the sport and I love the guys that I'm working with. Um, I've been an entrepreneur ever since I got out of college in uh, <clears throat> 1991. Um, I was three. But, uh, yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, I graduated from University of Georgia and uh, been in business for myself ever since then in the healthcare industry, which has afforded me the ability to uh, – you know, to, to have some time to moto and, and meet the great people that I that I've met through moto. Um, that being said, um, you know, I met um, I met Jason uh, Saad uh, several years ago, and we instantly became great friends. Uh, we found out we both had a love for moto, and and then as our friendship fostered and grew, and uh, you know, I've got to know uh, Andrew Campo, who is uh, from this area that I'm at. I mean, he lives out in Colorado now, but um, you know, I ended up having a lot of mutual friends, and um, and then as the uh, as the advent of Verb continued to grow, and then Meta, and then Jason Assad's involvement, you know, he and I would um, he would just bounce ideas off of me. Uh, from we've both kind of always been entrepreneurs and in, uh, in, in our respective businesses, and excuse me, and um, he uh, he called me one day and he said, "What would your interest level be?" Um, come on and helping us out with verb. And I said, you know what, man? I said, I would, I would love to, uh, I said, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, you know, I think I could bring some value just from a business standpoint and a relationship standpoint. And, um, and, and so they did. And, and, you know, I say that because I have a career, uh, I have a career that, um, that takes me, uh, you know, I like to say nine to five, but anybody knows me and sees me in the middle of the day on a, on a track or mountain biking knows that it's not a hundred percent nine to five, but anytime you work for yourself, you're really not, you're really never not working. No. Um, and one way or the other, especially if you're in the type of businesses that we're in and the relationship business, you know, there's always something going on and lo and behold, somewhere way before I was ever uh, involved with moto, they decided that the home of moto would be on the West coast. So when you live on the East coast, you tend to be talking moto late into the evening, so because uh, you're talking with the guys out west. Amen. But uh, yeah, as far as the day to day, man, it's um, right now this time of year. It's uh, a lot of collaboration with some of the promoters. Uh, we're really excited this year. Uh, we've got the schedules. Uh, don't have the dates right in front of me, but 
We've got our California round. Uh, we have the main round, uh, the southeastern round for the Verb Classic. Uh, we're going to return back to uh, Silver Dollar this year. So a lot of our time's been, um, you know, spent working with uh, the good folks over at RPM and um, getting our uh, ducks in a row, if you will, for this upcoming uh, Verb here. And then uh, also looking uh, looking at other sponsors, some bigger title sponsors. You know, my job is not so much working with the individual vendors, you know, everything from concessions to that. That's more the promoter's role. But my role is more of a kind of a collaborative and accountability role. Uh, we're kind of working with larger entities and, and coming up with some more creative ideas to uh, to add more value to the brand. And, um, and I think we're on the right path. We're on the right path for it. We're opening. We're having a uh, fourth round this year. Um, at, um, I believe it's Indian Wells, is it, in Iowa? Um, if I'm saying it wrong, you can tell me the name of it because uh, yeah, I believe it's I, Indian I'll Wells. revert back to if Is it Indian Wells? Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, the aforementioned 47-year-old mark I'm sporting. Um, but, yeah, so we're real excited about that. And um, so, you know, we're staying busy, reaching out to different folks, Um kind of uh, working on some collaborative things and uh, some different ideas. We're, we're excited about uh, maybe introducing a couple different types of classes. Uh, one of the ideas we've been, uh, we're really passionate about is um, at our rounds is, is looking at the possibility of having a, uh, having like a veterans class. And when I say veterans, I don't mean old people like me. I mean veterans uh, for the folks that protect and serve our country. Right. And uh, whether they're active and or retired, and make it like a free class, man. Let these guys come in. They they sacrifice for our freedom. So these guys that are out there doing it now and still want and and you know and have done it um, for our country, um, get let them have an opportunity to line up and go race. And I know uh, I know it's been done. Uh, the idea is not mine. A good man, Tom Brinkman, out of uh, owns Monster Mountain, uh, has done it at his. Uh, Top Kids Showcase Bone Collector Vet Challenge, and it, uh, it's really it's really heartwarming when you see that, and it's really cool when you see folks in uh, in our industry reach out and pay their respects to the folks who give us the give us the freedom to uh, to go play in the dirt. Yeah, so, exactly. Some of the things that we're excited about doing, uh, we mentioned two strokes. Um, we're we're looking at finding different ways. I know last year, uh, year before last, we had a two stroke class. And it was really cool to see like uh, Hampshire and Bell and some of those guys break out their 125s and 250s and just get after it. And uh, it certainly gets everyone out of their pits and leaning on the fences when you hear that and smell that coming. So pretty excited about some opportunities like that. But that kind of that kind of give you a snapshot of what we're doing from uh, from a collaborative effort and uh, trying to bring more value to our guides that. Uh, um, you know, the listeners, the guys that are out here on the other end of this line listening to this podcast, we want them to show up for the verbs. Uh, we want it to be fun from the minute they walk in the door or come through the gate, rather. Uh, we want to be presented with a smile. Uh, we want to uh, we want to have drive to be one of the uh, preeminent uh, amateur events. Uh, we'd love to have – we're going to have four this year. We'd love to see it grow to where we have maybe – you know, six to eight by 2018. You never know. Um, but we'd love to grow, grow the series. Um, 
and uh, make it affordable too. Make it to where it's uh, not much more than the cost of a weekend race, but uh, give it the, the touch and the feel of a big national amateur event. Um, so that's what we're driving to. Seems like we're getting some pretty good feedback, and a lot of folks seem to like where we're headed with it. So we're excited about that. Well, it must be a rewarding feeling for yourself to uh, to see that grow and uh, see from where it where it's where it's come from and, and where it's going to. And uh, it's 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 no doubt that uh, that will continue to grow and and more people will be able to attend those events. And uh, uh, it's one of those things where uh, those events are, are what's going to people are going to start circling on their calendar. Make sure they're not doing anything other on uh, on those weekends other than uh, attending a verb event because they know they're going to uh, have a have a good time, be entertained by uh, what's those around them and it's going to be a professional atmosphere a friendly atmosphere and uh that's what motocross is all about you want to uh spend weekends with uh, your motocross family and uh enjoy that and uh, you guys definitely provide a uh environment like uh like no other and i uh, should be commended for that well i appreciate it I, you know uh, it's hard to take much credit since i've just started working with those guys uh i know but uh andrew and and Wes and, and Brandon and the rest of the gang that uh, have really been driving this from the beginning. Uh, it's um, it's really cool to see what they've built. And, uh, you know, it's just an honor to be asked to be involved with them. And, and that's why I kind of, I'm really proud of, of being asked to be an ambassador with them and help, help working with them. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's what I do already in my real life world. And, uh, so it was kind of a natural fit just to kind of step over and, and play around in this industry. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding. And, uh, I look forward to seeing these verbs, uh, when, when the gates drop and, you know, seeing the smiles in everyone's faces. And so, uh, you know, we certainly are open to suggestions and, uh, you know, that's the kind of atmosphere that, uh, these guys and, uh, and kind of, a canvas that they've gave uh they've given me to work with uh brandon glample as well you know let's let's be creative and let's be open and let's take some feedback and let's let's present the best product out there and, and i think we're heading that direction couldn't agree more uh, the, um the only suggestion i make for myself is to uh to make some time and uh, and put some funds aside so i can attend one of these and uh uh the only thing i'll really need once i get there is uh, is somewhere to uh to lay my head so uh, hopefully uh you'll you'll have an extra bed for me you got that right in fact uh we just uh i just uh last week picked up by uh picked up a new uh camper to pull behind my sprinter van i've uh I've been motoing all over the dang country in my Sprinter, and, and I love my Sprinter. Had a, you know, I rocked it with the little fold-down bed and the AC unit on the top with an awning, and it's been my little. And I've got the short one, but I uh, finally said, you know what? we got a lot going on. I'm going to be hitting the road. Uh, Andrew and those guys would like to see me at as many of these events as I can get to physically. And uh, with the race schedule, I decided to try to bite off this year. Uh picked up a little camper, so... We've got room. We've got room. We've got a shower. We got a toilet. So I don't know what else you need. Nothing. We can cook or eat. I'll uh, I'll bring my my cooking skills just uh, and uh, and my motocross bikes. That's all I need for for a great time. It's honestly that uh, uh, we're gonna have to make that happen. Um, so. Um, 
these verb events, like you, you didn't always uh, like uh, you didn't always race motocross. There was a time in your life when uh, it wasn't a huge portion of your life. But uh, where did that all start to begin with? Where did the passion for motocross uh, start for you? Because uh, as I was going to mention. Um, like you, you'd mentioned that you you work in this field, and uh, it's it's funny that you you you'd mentioned that you work in this field because for me, uh, I don't like this isn't work for me. I'm I'm right now like I'll I'll spend eight to ten hours uh, in one day doing uh, doing podcasts and prepping for podcasts and editing podcasts. And uh, my girlfriend will be like, yeah, you, you you worked at that all day long. And I'm like, it does not work. This is not uh, like this is not something that I, I work at doing. I, I work at being better at, at, at interviewing and, and, and stuff like that. But to me, I never get uh, I never get tired of it. I never get burnt out by it. I work for a living as a bricklayer, and that is work. But uh, when you're working yes, in is. the motocross industry, it's not. Uh, it's uh, that's a loose term as and as work because uh, this to me is just play. I love talking about motocross. I love talking uh, dirt bikes and uh, feeling the passion from people because it's something that once people start talking about it, doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a bench racer at the, uh, their local track, uh, putting in lap times ten seconds a lap slower than anybody else, or you're Ryan Villapoto with uh, X number of million dollars in the, in the bank and uh, your your times frankly just can't be beat. Uh, it's the same passion it's that love and uh it's motocross baby yeah i totally agree so yeah this isn't um this is not work for me you know i i have a career and uh it's it's all part of the passion you 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 described it perfectly brad i uh and i and i can tell you um the last thing i've, I've built a couple businesses and sold them and and the last thing I want to do, and I understand how, what it takes to, to really get something going and how much time and effort it takes. And, and I can appreciate all the time and effort and, and understand what Andrew and, and uh, Wes and those guys did when they founded it, built Verb to what it is today and, and where they're going with Meta. Um, so, you know, I was careful when, when they asked me because I knew, uh, you know, don't do this if it's going to be work. And there was no question in my mind that, Going it, getting involved with these guys and having some fun and helping them grow their band, brand and, and just being part of the crew was going to be fun and, and that's what it, and that's what that's what it's all about for me. Uh, you know, my passion for the sport came from. Uh, you know, I used to go over to. I was born in Athens, Georgia, and, I, and my first cousin uh, they lived outside of Athens and and they lived uh, surrounded by farmland, and uh, we lived in the suburbs. Uh, my dad was a pilot in the military, and after Vietnam, he, he was uh, stationed at Dobbins Air Force Base, so we moved to Marietta, Georgia from Athens, and uh, we would go over to Athens, you know, every other weekend when my father wasn't flying and, uh, and visit family and my cousin. He had a uh, 1977 XR-75, and uh, my uncle uh, Al put me out there on it, and uh, I just took right up to it while I fell in love with it. But I didn't understand the constraints of uh, suburban life, and uh, I came back home and I, I was like, "Mom, Dad, we got you. Got to get me a bike." Well, a they couldn't afford it, and um, you know, B where was I going to ride it? We didn't live out in the farm, out, out surrounded by farms like my cousins did. So I just I would dream, dream, and dream daily, and uh, anytime we would go by a um, by the dealership, and uh, and we're talking mid seventies, so we're not talking about looking at beautiful factory equipment at the time you know i'd go get a slick or or see some sort of cycle news and at the, at the uh or a, 
a magazine at the newspaper when I'd go to the grocery store with my mother, and, and I just couldn't get enough of it. I'd just look at them and look at them, and the only time I got a ride was when I went out and saw my cousins. But uh, eventually, a little hard work and some luck paid off, and I mowed a lot of lawns in the yard, uh, in my neighbor's yards, and I saved up, and uh, my brothers and I, my brother, and I started buying uh, some bikes, and we went from having a 75 TM 75 to uh, – up to RM100s in 1979, and uh, just fell in love with it. But, you know, when I turned 16 years old, uh, you know, I, I was working. I had to work, had to pay for my first car, and uh, I had to plan on going to college. And so there was just no money in the budget. I had to, you know, I had a, I think it was a $78 car payment on a lime green. Actually, it's not even lime. It was pea green 1979 Volkswagen Rabbit. It was a big, huge, ugly turd of a car. But it was mine, and um, I rocked it. <laughs> it was my swag, but uh, it was cool, and, and I didn't have any money for it, uh, you know, to, for the moto. But um, after I got out of college and started working, and uh, I was 30, 30 or 31, so um, I decided uh, I'd get back into it, and it was about, I guess it was 2000, um, 2001, I went and bought a couple bikes for me and my brother. He was working for a company that was doing installations at uh, for Home Depot and Staples and all that. He was on a road, on a, on the road, and he came back home. And I'd bought a uh, CR250 and RM125 for him. He's a little guy, and uh, we went out to Bremen, and it was on. He uh, it was on for about half a moto or half a lap, and he broke both his legs and. Uh, Tid Fib on both, just uh, literally frame case to double. And um, so it was a setback for him, but I instantly started from there and I got back into, uh, I'm like, let's take a deep break on the motocross. Maybe uh, maybe we're a little old to uh, be motocrossing at 30, right? Yeah. Chad Reed's age. And uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we're idiots. We didn't know. So he was healing up and I started playing around the woods and racing some uh, – Southeastern uh, Enduro Trail Rider Association, the CITRA, started racing hair scrambles and stuff and started out in C-class and just kept going and, and just got the bug for just racing and, and being around everything that is embodies around racing. And uh, all the while, uh, still wanting to ride some motocross, but but um, just really got involved with uh, the off-road so much that um, it's in 2005 and six I started running the GNCCs and uh, – the Coombs put on an amazing uh, series there and just loved it. Did that for a few years. Um, went to some of my uh, favorite places in the country. Got to ride Unadilla uh, for the GNCC. And I think I got me a fifth place and uh, down there in my shop that says Unadilla. Uh, so that was really stoked about that. And um, just, man, the evolution uh, back to motocross was on. And... Um, in 2009, I took a break. I uh, I took um, I took my KTM and uh, rode the Trans American Trail. I did it in 22 days with a friend of mine, and we did it to raise some money. So I took a little break from racing and did some adventuring. Who did you and, uh, raise money that, for? Yeah, so uh, for the Athletic Children's Cancer Center here in Atlanta, uh, awesome. we pulled out of there on July 1st, and 22 22 days later. Uh, made it to Port Orford, uh, Oregon. So uh, it was hot. I can tell you that much. But um, <laughs> it was a great. We uh, UPS got involved uh, on that deal. Um, 
it was really kind of funny because looking back, that kind of set me up to be in to be really in the position that I am helping out with Verb now because, you know, I'd like to say I was noble enough to say I started the planning for the Trans America Trail. To uh, I'd like to say I was noble enough that I started it out for nothing more than a for philanthropy, but it's not what it was. I I uh, came home one day and and that that American motorcycle. The AMA magazine was sitting on the counter, and it had Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman. And they had done this ride where they, I think it was called The Long Way Around. And I looked at this, and my wife just happened to be standing in the kitchen. And I'm looking, and I got quiet. She goes, what are you looking at? And I said, this, a magazine. Check that out. They rode their dirt bikes around the world. I said, that's what I want to do. She goes, you're an idiot. You're not going around the world. I go, well, no, but uh, maybe I could go across the country. And uh, I didn't know anything. I didn't know you could do it. I just thought, well, that was something. That was a quick retort to my my uh, wife, who often sees my ideas and rolls her eyes, uh, even though she supports it all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um, we rode the TAT. I rode it with a guy named Elton Mile, who was a 0321 Marine, um, a Fallujah veteran, and uh, just all American badass. And he rode and raised money for the Wounded Warrior Project. So we rode. Both rode 950s, and um, so we had some redundancy there in case there was any breakdowns. But uh, got back from that, started racing again with some friends off-road, and just really wanted to move to moto. So I started playing around with it, and um, then next thing you know, I saw some vintage bikes, I think, as you as I talked the other day, and yeah. I had found my old 1979 RM100, and I restored it. Didn't really ride it up and down this, but up and down the street, but... Got into racing the Ultima class in the Arma, and uh, the you know going around to to uh, all the big tracks um, that that were all the old outdoor nationals were. I mean, it just you know you were just feeding the addict the addiction right then, and so it was on. About 2012, I uh, got another modern motocross bike, started practicing, and uh, I had a lot of bad habits from the woods that I needed to get rid of, and. Uh, a good friend of mine, Matt Shue, uh, who was a former Supercross racer, uh, he was cool enough to uh, spend a lot of time riding with me and working with me. And, uh, and another guy named J-Rod, uh, Jason Adams, who back in the uh, late 90s, mid-thousands, was the spy rep. I'm sure there's probably a bunch of listeners out there that may remember old J-Rod from the east side, probably keeping these kids supplied in their spy goggles back in the day. But those two guys, we rode a lot together. and. Uh, helped me break some of my bad habits, which I'd like to say were all gone, but maybe they're not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's how the moto bug was Virac reborn. And then uh, just started uh, a friend of mine who actually having a birthday this Friday asked me in 2012, he's like, hey, man, you got any interest in running the Nationals? And I looked at him like, the National what? And he goes, Nah, the qualifiers. Go to Loretta Lynn's National. I'm like, uh, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, well, why don't you go see how you do and let me know. And, uh, <laughs> and sure enough, he made it. And, uh, and, you know, middle pack finish, but he made it to Loretta's. And pretty inspiring. And so yeah. um, since then, I started hitting the areas. And uh, and uh last couple of years, I was very involved with Timmy Bedore and, and helping him. So I didn't give myself the time that I needed to, to try to do it. But, uh, Timmy's now, uh, moved on past and working on his pro point. So it's my turn. So yeah, looking forward to it. Had some good success at, um, 
Daytona Supercross at the event Ricky Carmichael put on, and that was just a first-class event. Can't say enough good things about it. Um, you know, Tim Cotter and, and Davey and all the guys down there just did an amazing job, and um, they were great hosts, and um, we had a blast. And uh, I think I got sixth uh, in the main event in, um, in uh, my 40-plus class, and then uh, we had, uh, what, last weekend, we went up to Tennessee for the Mideast area, uh, which the regionals will be at Baja Acres, which is pretty bitching because that's uh, where my man Timmy, who lives with my wife and I, that's where he's from. That was kind of his home track. He's from Michigan. So he's always been telling me I need to get up there and race it. So qualified in a couple positions there for the Loretta's, and I'm looking forward to going up there. But I'm also going to go to um, Monster Mountain and support Tom Brinkman and his folks down there for that southeastern area qualifier and then of course the regional there for it will be at muddy creek so the muddy creek regional will, will come before baja acres hopefully i won't have to go to baja acres but uh, i'm looking forward to it either way so Fair enough. that's well, how the fashion of the bikes came up <laughs> there you go yeah no it's uh it's exciting to see that you're, you're uh hot on on the on the trail of uh heading to you to loretta's um, and it, it's interesting that you're doing it uh, now when the fact that uh, in, in years past they've uh, they've welcomed uh, former uh, AMA uh, pros and champions into that class and uh, that's no longer the case I believe it's uh, the, the the plus 25 is the only class that uh, that welcomes uh, the the pro class guys now so uh, a little bit more opportunity a few more spots on the line available uh, now rather than yesteryear well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's partly right. The, uh, uh, what they did is they changed the, uh, 45 plus class. Right. And, uh, it sounds so old, 45 plus. Anyway, <laughs> they found that they found they changed it to, uh, to a sportsman's class. Okay. So basically the sportsman class means you can't, uh, have earned any, my understanding, the way I read it, you can't have earned any, uh, pro points, um, uh, you can be like a local pro, uh, but I don't think you could have earned any, you know, national points from a na- out from a national race. Like you couldn't have gone to Glen Helen and got 20th. Um, so if you've gotten one point, you're not eligible. But now the 40 plus, uh, you absolutely can. Um, I know uh, there's uh, there's several guys I know. Matt Shoes uh, looking forward to uh, riding some this year. You know, certainly sitting on the line and and seeing um, great great amateur and past pro riders like Barry Carson and Earl May and well, uh, you know, well, yeah. And, and I'm looking down the line. Yeah, I mean that was a shocker as I got into it. You know, you go to many O's and you're like, yeah, that's Barry Carson. I remember reading about that guy. And oh yeah, I remember Earl May too. And oh, excuse me, Mr. Trampas Parker, I didn't mean to jump in front of you on your gate pit. Uh, yeah, by the way, I'm in the health insurance industry over here, so let's just keep it fair. <laughs> so it's all, <laughs> no kidding, it's, okay. I'm over here at Apple. But it's so and, cool. Uh, I'm it, I'm sorry. It's so cool, though. It uh, You know, there's some guys that go and they do it because, you know, they want to win. Uh, obviously, I want to do as good as I can, but, you know, uh, there's something about getting on the line and just getting waxed. Uh, to the first corner by guys that you idolized when you were growing up, 
um, you know, when you were reading your motocross action magazines and whatnot, and you see these guys, and now you're sitting on a line with them, because that could have never happened 25 years ago. No. I was never going to sit on a line with Trampus Parker 25 years ago, or Barry, or Earl, or John Grew, or, you know, Doug Dubach, or you, you the name, the list goes on and on of great vet guys. Yeah, um, guys that were literally sure is, in the Legends race at Muddy Creek this, this last year. <laughs> yeah. And it's a blast, and, and you know what? And now you can race them, and and uh, you know I happen like at many of those this past fall. Um, I had a you know a couple of motos. I had some good starts, and uh, got up there in the first turn and pitching it sideways, going into the uh, pit there, and you're right there with uh, right there with Gru and Carson and, and Earl, and you know not for very long, but it's very cool to look out of the corner of your peripheral vision. You go, yes. For about 200 feet, I'm 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 uh I'm legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> or, I'm in there yeah. with these guys. It's a I'm, it's I'm a, here for a minute. Yeah, it's a so, it's a pleasure to get my blow, my doors blown off by you guys. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like that. Um, you know, I think it's cool that on that they changed the 45 uh, to a sportsman. So you know, I mean, those guys can still race in the you know the 30, the 40, and I guess now the 50. I do know that. Um, MX Sports added, I think the 45 and the 50 in the last couple of years at Loretta's was was a dual gate. Um, so, but this year they've gone ahead and made a full 45 man gate and a full 50 man gate, and uh, which is great because it's bringing more guys into the fold. And, and ultimately, you know, it's it's not about me. It's it's really about the sport. And you know, if you can get more guys our age which it seems to me like our sports is starting to grow a little bit with these vet guys. And, and, and I think um, MX Sports is reacting positively to it. I think you get uh, you give them an avenue and a place to go race and, and, and make it a little bit more perceivably fair for them to be more competitive. I think you're going to get a lot more guys out there. I personally don't mind racing the guys and, and not winning um, against the ex-pros, but I also think it's fun when you're racing common guys, you know, some of us here, we call that the mortgage class. Guys that wake up the next day, you know, and they got a mortgage to pay. <laughs> so, it, <laughs> you know, it's it's fun, and that's what it's all about. For sure. That, that, that I uh, um, I totally connect with that. Guys who, uh, um, who, on most days, wake up and, and do a job, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, uh, working in an office or working on a job site for one weekend or for one week, uh, they they go to the line and they and they run with uh, the best in the country. And uh, I I hope to hear that uh, you're going to be one of them this year, uh, representing uh, Verb at the. Uh, at the race, and uh, I'll definitely be uh, glued to uh, my computer uh, when when uh, your televised moto uh, drops because uh, yeah, that, that's uh, that's a cool experience. And to having having more uh, um, mortgage class guys, uh, as you said, uh, at the at the races like it like that only adds to the atmosphere because uh, usually those guys don't come alone; they usually bring their whole family, and uh, that that's uh, what motocross is about, man. It's uh, it's about sharing the the experience and. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's really cool. That you're gonna you have the opportunity to try and do that. Yeah, it's it's it is that's what it is all about, and, and you know, and I think that's really what this this podcast is called all about. It's talking about 
excuse me, is talking about uh, you know the sport that we love and yeah, and, and how we stay involved with it and how we uh, you know foster it uh, within our lives in different ways. You know, I got uh, I got back Sunday night from Tennessee at uh, Fast Farms and uh, and and, and uh, Philip Myers and those guys did an amazing job putting on a great race and, and hosting with some pretty tough uh, conditions. Uh, it was actually snowing on us. Uh, while we were riding Sunday, which really was not cool because I already started my Daytona sunburn. And so it just made the weekend even colder because I kind of got the faux tan going, a little bit of sunburn peeling from being down in Florida. And then you go, and now I'm wearing a hoodie to to my motos. But uh, it was uh, it was cool because when I got back home, I told my wife I was kind of flipping through the social media, uh, which said, which I gotta add, I, I I've become I'm 47 years old, and I swear I think I got the social media habits of a 16 year old high school girl. Nice, <laughs> but I own it; it's mine. I dig it. <laughs> but I was flipping through it, and I just I literally, no joke, turned to my wife and I said, "God, I just love this sport." And she goes, "You really do, don't you?" I said, "I just love it. It's just like you come back <laughs> after a weekend of moto, whether you're racing or riding or whatever, and you just everything else just doesn't really matter. It's the way it does to me." I'm just relaxed and just, I don't know. Some people run, some people mountain climb, you know, people have their own things for, for me. And I'm, uh, I'm assuming everyone on the other end of this call, it's, it's moto. And that's why we do it. Um, it's a stoke that we just can't get from anything else. Hey everybody. This is Jimmy button, former factory supercross rider. You're listening to the big MX radio show. We're going to take it to a commercial. We'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice or just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. Epic's a racing man. But more than bikes, what Big Jeff likes is a fat bull. Amigos with brand. Fat bull. Amigos with brand. Oats for power. Brands for speed. Who that tastes, what a delicious treat. Cereal bees, Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand, that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they're simply the safest, 
lightest and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Two thousand and fourteen X Brand goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano, and Phantom goggle, X Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock, call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, 
anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to BillsPipes.com today and never settle. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, I've I've told my 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 mother a million times after all of my injuries, multiple shoulder dislocations, multiple surgeries. Uh, she asks, "Why why can't you find something else?" And I'm like, "If you can t- show me something that gets my heart going the way this does, and you like the that." Flying without wings, feeling that uh, that nothing else can give me, uh, I will gladly do it. But right now, collecting stamps doesn't do the same thing for me as motocross does. So I have to continue <laughs> doing it. And uh, yeah. you just reminded me of uh, of a story of uh, like uh, about two years ago. Uh, the 250 that I ride, my KX 250, is actually my dad's bike. It's uh, he bought it for himself, thinking that he was gonna uh, get back into riding a little bit, and uh, it promptly uh, uh, caught the power band a little bit too quickly and put a put him on his ass uh, uh, about uh, <laughs> the first summer of riding the thing. Of course, kicks. Was it a purple? Was it the purple power band? It was the purple power band that uh, that uh, hit a little too hard, and uh, my dad actually went up going off it. the back of the thing, breaking his back. And this is a testament to how uh, hard nosed oh. and a, to how tough my dad is. Broke his back that day, compressed one of his uh, lumbar vertebrae down to about an inch, worked the rest of that summer without going to the doctor, not once, just grimaced through the pain and just like got through it. Didn't find out he had a broken back till like multiple years later uh, and uh, just, just worked through it. But that 250 at the end of 2014 had a, had a motor problem. I didn't know what the problem was. It was making a funny noise, but I kept riding it for uh, about a minute or two. And uh, during that minute or two, uh, the sound that I was hearing was the sound of uh, the piston skirt from my KX250 bouncing around in the bottom of my engine, which uh, basically uh, made a nice uh, uh, indentation all over the engine, including uh, pieces of piston being embedded into the crank. And, uh, of course... It's not supposed to do that? It's not supposed to do that at all, actually. And uh, so, um, but my my dad like loves me unconditionally, uh, and uh, um, he's not not happy about the motorcycle. But uh, we we worked on, on fi- fixing it that uh, that summer, and uh, luckily he works at a local uh, community college teaching bricklaying. So uh, he was able to get it in with the automotive guys or the small engine guys, and, and have them. Uh, do the work for free, but I was going to be on the hook for the parts. And uh, I know he he sent me a parts list, and he was kind of a he's kind of like giving me this list, like he's pretty disappointed. So I sent him a text message, and I said, I know uh, you're you're upset, Dad, and it, it's your bike, and uh, um, it's uh, it, it's important to you. And don't worry, like I'm going to get it fixed up, uh, good as new, and uh, um, and it's going to be all right. And he all he replies back was, I know. And uh, he goes, I said, but I, I know that uh, you love motocross and motorcycles just as much as I do. And all he replied with was, more. <laughs> <laughs> so, right on, Pop. Yeah, like, uh, that, that's just a testament to my, to my dad's passion for it. He's on uh, the motocross websites even more than I am, uh, believe it or not. And uh, uh, he loves this stuff. And uh, that's why I got I got hooked on it. Uh, dad, like... Um, 
like I said, he, he'd never sold any of my motocross bikes, not a single one. I talked to you about that when we had our conversation on, uh, on Monday. And, uh, uh, but the, the one bike he did sell was his 78 RM125 uh, so that just like you could uh, pursue his, uh, his future and pay for a car and, and move out to Calgary and, and chase uh, being, a, being a pilot and stuff like that. And uh, this last Christmas, I was able to uh, stuff that 70, 78 under the tree for him. And uh, for those who haven't already well, looked awesome. at it, uh, check out my, uh, my Instagram. Or, uh, and I know I've, I've sent you that already. Really cool to, uh, to bring, back, uh, bring that back from the dead because uh, that was just a really cool thing. Yeah, there's, you know, uh, there's, it's, I think we've all said it, whether you're, whether you've, uh, whether you ride moto or you've had your first car or what, I certainly don't want my first car. It was a turd, but the, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, we all think back and we go, man, if I just never sold that, or if I just had kept onto that or held onto that. So what you did for your dad was, was, uh, amazing. And, uh, my wife and I don't have any kids, but, uh, uh, that wasn't in the cards for us, but uh, we've adopted a few moto kids that come hanging around the house all the time. I suspect they're not going to go out and buy me my first bike again, but uh, <laughs> I certainly, I, I certainly understand uh, your dad and 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 why he loved that uh, seventy eight one twenty five so much. Especially means even more when you give it to him. So that was a killer thing. You're a good kid, Brad. I appreciate that, man. Uh, no, it was just, uh, I always thought to myself that, like, my dad just, like, he know, I know he kicks himself about uh, getting rid of that bike, and if I could ever find a way to uh, to get it back for him, uh, it would be a, a small way to kind of uh, pay back for all those uh, all those uh, early morning hockey practices, all the, uh, the the times that I'd go out to a, he'd drive an hour out to a motocross track where uh, um, I maybe I, I wasn't as into it at, uh, at the very first I should have been and gone riding for for less than an hour and been like yeah I, I'm good and and uh, and or, I'm done here and uh, he he would uh, he'd have to either coax me to keep going out for a little while or pack up the bike and 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 drive the hour home and uh, he was always there for me the bikes were always good in fact quick story uh, two thousand and uh, or to the middle of August two thousand and two uh, I'm riding a KX eighty five. 2001 edition always had new bikes always had fresh bikes and uh of course in august of 22 what comes out the 2003 85s and Mm -hmm. uh, i was unfortunately uh a victim of a uh of a drain bolt that backed out of the uh the coolant on the side of the uh on the side of the cylinder and uh, the bike locks up mid-moto middle of the day for most for most young riders their day would be done they would be uh, rolling the bike into the back of the truck. The engine seized, and we've got a parts bill and some work to do once we get home. But not me. Right. Uh, the the local Kawasaki shop that went out to all the races happened to have a 2003 KX85 uh, on the uh, on the stand, and uh, my dad pointed to that one and says, "We'll take that." And uh, I rode the LCQ Whoa. on it. I raced the afternoon. Dad, sight on scene, bought a motorcycle for me. And uh, that is, was basically, like, I almost, I, I feel like on that day, uh, at the age of 12, I decided that uh, I was going to uh, have to uh, do something like the 78 for my dad because uh, um, no, I, I've never met anyone that has a story like that, that their dad just went out and boom, that one no. right now. And, uh, no, neither have I. <laughs> 
That, it, it just on race day, we're gonna race that, and of course, we put my old plastic on it, uh, dressed it up like my uh, my 2001, and on my way home, my dad turned to me and said, "If you tell your mother, I'll kill you." <laughs> well, now there is there is some beauty to that. I know my wife will walk down, and uh, she doesn't listen to motocross podcasts, so I'm safe. But yeah. uh, she uh, she'll walk down, and she goes into the shop, and she says. Is that a new bike? And I'm like, no, no, it's just new graphics, Val. You know how yeah. we're switching those out all the time, <laughs> which probably was a new bike, but uh, probably was a new bike. Yeah. yeah. No, See, the only difference well, that's between what you the... do. It. You got to you got to keep them coming in and coming out fast enough, where they yeah. give up trying to keep track. I'll give you no, a perfect uh, example. I don't know if you're married or not, but try to keep track of your wife's shoes. You can't. Good luck with that. Yeah. So, right. So if you can just take the same theory as Women in their shoes with dudes in their bikes. They'll never catch up. With a 200-pound motorcycle? Yeah. I mean, just have a whole bunch of bikes. They'll never know. Yeah. No, <laughs> Trade exactly. them in. Trade um, them out. The, the 2001 85 never came home after that. It stayed at a racing trailer uh, that, do, that didn't stay at the house. Uh, so to this day, uh, my mother, who doesn't listen to most of my podcasts uh, and hope doesn't listen to this one, is, uh, is, is, is steadfast in thinking that I only ever had one KX85, but uh, they just looked the same. So uh, uh, mom, mom didn't pick up on the fact that the, the 2003 had a silver frame rather than a green one. And uh, so uh, um, it was uh, it was a victimless crime when, when it came to uh, getting me a, a new one at the end of 2002, riding a uh, 2003. That was, uh, that was a cool moment for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, we were talking about earlier, you had mentioned me, I don't know, you had mentioned the green one, yellow, whatever. It, so you, and we talked about Jason Assad, kind of as a segue to something I know we wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. Jason, uh, you know, he, he was, uh, he was a fast guy. Jason rode for uh, Honda, uh, in 86 and, you know, the B classes are pretty much like the A class. And he, uh, I think Jason took a third overall in, uh, 125B, um, uh, back in 86 on a board of Honda. So, fast guy and uh and you know fast forward to these years we uh just a great jason Assad story and uh so we i gotta tell it because he's gonna listen to the podcast and he'll be he'll be gravely disappointed if i don't tell it but uh it it was just such a it was was, let's just put it this way i'll preempt the story with his wife doesn't allow him to hang out with me unsupervised (laughs) so (laughs) Jason decides he's like he's like hey man where are you going riding and I was like hey I'm gonna go over to Highland Park Matt Shoes Track and uh, he's like I want to go I'm like okay so I'm like uh, you got any gear he's like uh, well yeah so he shows up he's got a pair of pants he's got a jersey and he's got a helmet I think I loaned him some goggles some boots. And uh, I had a two-stroke with me, and I had a four-stroke. I had a 450 with me. So anyway, I'm out riding a few motos. Jason goes out, and, and you know, when you hadn't ridden in 20, 80, so yeah, 20 years, maybe 19 at the time, uh, let's just suffice it to say that we're probably not, he probably wasn't in his preeminent ride, riding shape. Let's just right. use that. And so Soft we go out and track, and like I'm that. out. I, Dude, it's great. And I go out there, and Jason goes, and he runs a lap, maybe a lap and a half. And he comes back in, he's sweating, and he's at the back of my van. He throws the bike up on the stand. He's like, oh, my God, I'm so out of shape. This is awful. 
And he's like, I'm done. Come back to over. I can't do this. This is too much. I'm like, oh, man, just sit down. And he, he's getting all tired. He's, like, like all bummed out because it wasn't, you know, he couldn't go like he did before. And I'm like, just chill out, dude. You can go. You can ride a little bit. You know, it's your first time back in 20 years. Bikes have changed. Um, I think it's easy to say. Tracks have changed. So anyway, I go out and I run a moto and I come back in. And I swear to you, as God is my witness, I got off my bike <laughs> on the two-stroke and I put it up on the stand. And Jason was sitting with the, on the back of my sprinter. And if you can imagine, the, the door's open. He's sitting there and he had this look in his eye. He had a look in his eye like I would think like a terrorist would have in their eye right before they walk in and, and, and do something horrible or like right before a kamikaze pilot flies his airplane into a battleship or something. You know, yeah. that cold yeah, yeah. look in his eye, like this lifeless, walking dead type look. And he says, give me your bike. I'm going to go back out. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, well, hold on. I'll go with you. Let me get a, let me get a drink. So no more than I had said that, I'm taking a swig of Gatorade. He fires up the 450, and he takes off on the track. Now, the track Matt had built, you kind of went out there, and you had two or three, four turns, and you come back around, and there was this big, probably pretty big, it's about a 90, 100-foot step-up double. Now, you could sweep it around the outside and just kind of speed thing it, but it's but if you're really hitting it, you can clip the inside and, and, and kind of double the inside knuckle, if you will. Yeah. I jump on the bike. I'm on the two-stroke, and I'm running out there as fast as I can to catch up with him. And I catch up right as he's turning. And I'm thinking, well, he's just going to go around this thing. He ain't been on a bike in 20 years. He's only done a lap and a half of his comeback. All of a sudden, I heard the opening up of, a, of, a, of an FMS slip-on on that 450. And I hear, wow. And our boy has sent it. He didn't know where it was going. No. He didn't have the zip code. He didn't have a shipping address. <laughs> he just sent it. <laughs> and when he sent it, I'm, I'm right behind him going, this is not good. Well, he, he, he came up not a little short, not like just clipping and just a little long. He literally faced it. Like, if there was the face of the jump and you could put an imprint of the bike on it, that's where he landed it. And as soon as he did, it was it was instant whiskey. And the rebound, now the bike set up for me. I'm 185 pounds. He was a little more at the time. It launches him. And he lands, I mean, anyway, so the bike goes one way. He lands the other. I actually stop, put my bike down, run over, make sure he's okay. And, his, and the impact had pulled his pants down. So, <laughs> so his pants are at his waist, and at this moment, he's just thinking he's hurt himself. So we get him back up, we get him back down to the thing, we get his pants back on him. He's kind of hurting, but uh, Jason's a strong guy. You know, he's muscular, he's a big guy. And, and you, you know, you couldn't really tell what was going on, so we're sitting there. And to this day, he still gives me a hard time because I made him get in the van, just chill out, wait for my finished days to moto, get in the car with me. We ride back to my house. We both had a mutual friend who's our orthopedic surgeon, good guy to have. Called him, kind of described the pain. The whole time I'm diagnosing the Jason, dude, it's just a contusion. It looks like a bone bruise. 
It's nothing. He gets back to my house. He gets in his, his uh, Suburban, drives 45 minutes home, only to call me an hour later and, with a picture. It's a picture of a completely broken humorous. <laughs> You're a good friend. He's like, dude, it is not a bone bruise. It is not a contusion. It's a completely compounded, broken humorous. And I sent my boy home. But needless to say, his wife doesn't let us play along without uh, play along without adult supervision anymore. No kidding. <laughs> you guys are not to be trusted in the company of yourselves. <laughs> so um, that's Jason's comeback. He loves that story. No kidding. And and, and uh, to this day, still why uh, his wife doesn't allow him to uh, ride motorcycles anymore then? That would be 100% correct. She was, oh, uh, Stacy was about it. She was all about him coming back and trying to ride some, about being careful. But once he uh, once he neglected all shipping protocol and sent it and stacked it, it didn't work out after that. So he she won't let him play with me. So uh, did like uh, what all exactly went wrong with the uh, the jump? Just not enough gas. It, it sounded like you probably took off uh, the jump seated. Like, uh, was it a seat bounce gone wrong? I don't know if it was a seat bounce gone wrong, as it was so much you just needed more speed. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> I think you just uh, needed more speed, and it was up. So it's an uphill. You know, anybody right. out there knows when you jump an uphill, it's longer. So, you know, I don't know that he um, – the guy's certainly an accomplished motocrosser, but I think he was, he was just a little rusty. And – uh Anyway, but yeah, he, um, he, 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 that one came up a little short, but I think the track actually had a little bit of karma on me because about the exact same place, probably not close to a year later, Matt had turned it into a big step up triple. And, uh, right when he was building it, he and I were testing it and, uh, I went ahead and, um, sent it with the wrong address and, uh, cased it and broke my uh, foot and ankle. So I guess, uh. I guess karma's a bitch. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, like I think, like in the sport of motocross, you 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 don't get to uh, enjoy the sport without a couple of bumps along the way. I know uh, I drove 36 hours to uh, the friendly confines of Southern California, only uh, to on the second day uh, completely loop out over uh, one of the uh, the bigger jumps. At uh, at Comp Edge and uh, end up uh, catching the uh, the knuckle of the uh, of of what looked like about a hundred and thirty foot uh, quad uh, directly to my tailbone, which uh, cracked the coccyx and uh, ended with me um, uncomfortably driving thirty six home uh, hours home to uh, back to Winnipeg about sixteen days later after watching my friends ride for two weeks. Wow, that was no fun. But that's okay. Yeah, that's more. But yeah, that's yeah. the way it goes. It's just some sometimes uh, sometimes you get the ride of a lifetime. Sometimes you uh, you take the ride uh, of, of a lifetime. So uh, it's uh, live to tell the tale and still uh, twist the throttle. So uh, I, I consider myself lucky. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. Well, you know what? We're, at the end of the day, we're all lucky. We're lucky we get to hang out, participate in the sport, and. Meet great people, uh, you know. Yeah, and, it, and the funny thing is, it's uh, as I'd mentioned before, man. That's what this whole thing's all about. It's more than just uh, it's more than putting motos. It's more than plastic trophies. 
it's more than championships. It's a lifestyle. It's a group of friends. It's a family. You know, I haven't known you personally, but for what a week and, um, you know, long time friends as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, feels like, uh, you know, we can talk for hours and it's like, I've known you forever. And I think that goes for most people we meet. And, uh, that's what makes us uh, blessed to be in the sport that we are. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's it's the the beauty of uh, going to the races for the very first time, knowing nobody, uh, and in that day meeting uh, no less than two or three lifelong friends. And on the way out, it uh, doesn't matter if you knew them uh, before you got there. It doesn't matter if you saw them on the track. Uh, as you pull out of the, uh, the the track with a bike in the back of your truck, you'll get nods, you'll get waves, and uh, you'll get uh, just the, the mutual respect between uh, motocross racers that uh, we all do our best and uh, put it all on the line for uh, for a high five and a plastic trophy. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, man. Um, so uh, t- tell me a-, a little bit about uh, the riders and the so the- how active you've been in uh, these ad- adoptions that you've done. I know uh, you talked about uh, Timmy a little bit, but uh, how did you end up uh, doing that and uh, kind of uh, opening your house, opening your heart? To, uh, to more than just uh, these these machines that we love so much, but uh, riders and uh, um, being supportive in that sort of way? Well, i tell you, I, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, with my wife and I, we, we weren't able to have any kids, and we certainly weren't, I certainly wasn't out looking to have some uh, mid-teenage kids that uh, like making a mess and leaving tools all over the round, hanging out in my garage, but you know, God's got a plan for everybody. And, and, uh, I think what it was for us is, uh, you know, he's blessed my wife and I in a way that we, we can, uh, have some time and, and the means to help out some kids. And at the time I wasn't looking to find anybody. I, I was just out riding my dirt bike and I was out, uh, I guess it was like a Tuesday and, um, I was over at, um, Monroe, uh, in Monroe, Georgia at this, uh, scrubbing dirt or a place to ride as they call it and uh timmy was there this kid timmy bedore and we met and i was and we just started talking he was on uh this clapped out 152 stroke and ktm and i was on my 450 and uh he's like hey can i ride your bike i was like yeah sure you can ride it you can ride anything i got and then i'm like he goes here you can ride my 150 and so i tried to go around the track on his 150 and it just was kind of roached and I uh, didn't really want to pull me, but, uh, he went around and wrote it and, and he was a neat kid. And I said, Hey, let's, um, I'm like, I said, I have some time during the week. I usually like to go and practice. And I said, you ever been to, you know, monster mountain or you ever been to this place and that place He's like, no, I'm like, well, where are you living? He goes, well, I'm staying at, um, uh, Bremen, Bremen motocross park in uh, Bremen, Georgia and Bremen, you know, King Kelly had just passed away with Kevin Kelly's father. And, uh, so I think most people know, and, uh, was a big, uh, icon of the sport down here in Georgia and then South. And, you know, I think the family was struggling with the, with the property. I don't really know all the stories, but, um, uh, anyway, they were, they were considering what, shutting the track down. Well, Timmy was staying there during the winter. Well, two, three years ago, we were having our worst winter. We had it a long, long time here in Georgia. And, um, Timmy had come down on his own, staying in a 26-foot, just a white cargo trailer uh, that he and his dad stapled uh, a blue tarp in between it. Um, so the back half, he could keep the bikes and the gasoline. In the front half, he could sleep on a bunk bed they made, or a bed they made in there, and he had a electrical cord and a space heater. 
So he was out there to track, and at the time it was winter and raining, and they're, you know they weren't really open, so they weren't prepped. But um, I met him when we were riding around together, and, and, and Brandon, to give you an idea, is about 45 minutes to an hour east of where I live on the other side of Atlanta traffic. So it was not an easy commute, and um, he uh, he was hanging out with me a lot during the week, and my wife took a uh, liking to him. She was like, well, hey, Timmy, why don't you just stay over here instead of going back to Bremen at night? So we started hanging out, and um, and and then we have room at the house, and um, then it became, well, hey, just leave your bike over here. And, and then the weather got so bad, and when I saw that he was trying to live out of that trailer, um, I was like, you know what, this is no way. And my wife was like, just let him stay here. So he stayed through the winter. And, and, it, and like I said, it just started out as having a riding buddy. And then uh, as the weather got better, I introduced him to some mountain biking. And we started mountain biking. And, dude, he'd go out there with his skinny jean cutoffs, uh, his vans, flat pedals. He took off my park bike, put it on my mountain bike. He'd have a tank top on, a, uh, a, a camelback with his phone blaring music for everyone to hear and my wife's mountain bike helmet and he was out there on our mountain bike trails here in Woodstock, Georgia, which are world renowned trails. And he's out there passing what I call the spandex dudes and uh just kicking it. And so he was digging it and he was getting in shape. Spring classic came around and, and um uh, we got Timmy some gear that my wife and I did and uh from T L D and uh he went and he was racing B class and he did, uh, I think he got third or fifth or fourth or something, nothing that big a deal, but he kept mountain biking and riding and training. And, um, next thing you know, uh, he goes home for the summer and early spring, he goes back to Michigan, I guess when it thawed out and, um, he, uh, he goes and does his uh, qualifiers and, all the time, you know, we were just happy giving a kid a place to live for the winter, and, and he was just a buddy. But we really thought a lot of him. He's just a super solid kid and, you know, stays out of trouble, you know, no drinking and smoking and just a good kid. And um, and, and we just uh, did whatever we could to help him out and make it stay here pleasant. And he goes back home, and, and um, after the spring classic, just doing, you know, third, fourth, or fifth, like I said, and he goes to the qualifiers. And I want to say that he went to, I don't know where he went to his area, but I, he won every moto of his area. And then he goes to the regionals at Ironman uh, the first year they had it, and he won every moto in that and got his ticket to Loretta's. Well, I was going to go to Muddy Creek for my regional, so I flew him down so he could spend the weekend with me. And um, and I didn't make it. Uh, that was my first time at the regionals and uh, didn't have a great weekend, but... He came back. We had a good time. And the next thing I know, like, here comes Loretta Lenz. Well, I had a busy week that week, and um, I couldn't go. But I was watching it, as you were just saying uh, a while ago, on the live feed. And Timmy shows up. Um, well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Timmy shows up there, and it's great. But before he gets there, he calls me and says, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to Loretta's, my dad you know, work's been different for him. And he said, I, and it's, you know, Timmy's mom passed away when he was one. So he just grew up with a dad and it's really just been he and his dad. His dad's worked real hard to support him to give him what he's had. So he's going to show up to Loretta's on this 2011. This is 2014. He's got right. a 2011 450 Honda with an 09 Craigslist motor in it. 
and he's got a 120 or 140 hour KTM 250, which is just everyday practice bike. So he shows up with no sponsors. Me and Jason aside, help him out, put some money, and get him to Loretta's. So we get him there, and I'm watching. The next thing I know, Timmy gets in the two-stroke class, and he rips a hole shot in the 250 BC two-stroke or whatever it is, and he wins. And we're like, what in the world has just happened? Then he goes out, and he's in the 250. He's in the 450. He's in the 450 B mod class on that 11 450 with the 09 motor, rips a hole shot against Tristan Charbonneau, and he either wins or gets second in that moto. So we're like, what is going on? Well, Timmy takes the podium for his first podium, and just just as humbly as he can, he just thanks his father and me and Valerie and Jason aside. And... Um, and another guy that was a friend of ours that's helped out too is a guy named Adam Burke. And that was it, you know, and what was different is every time you hear a kid go on the podium, it's, I want to thank FMF. I want to thank boys. And I want to thank, you know, Fox. I want to thank da, 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 da. And they go down the list. Well, here's a kid that just kicked everyone's butt on old equipment. And he says, I want to thank my dad. And I want to thank these three or four people. And that's it. And he was so genuine as he was holding his, you know, Bell Helmet Hole Shot Award that he endeared, he was endeared by everyone. And Bell Helmets, he didn't race another moto with his old helmet. Bell Helmet had him in a new helmet. Motorcycle wow. Superstore stepped up, had him in Motorcycle Superstore Bell Helmets. Dunlop stepped up, put some new Dunlop tires on it for him so he could continue to rip hole shots. The rest of the story is, Timmy and his two classes ripped four of six hole shots among two classes. No one ripped any more hole, more hole shots in any of their classes than, than four. And wow. so he came out of that. And, and so the rest was his father said, Frank, I, I don't know what to do. Um, I can't help manage these relationships that, and, and can you help Timmy? And, um, so I did. And, and, and that's when Andrew Campo stepped up, introduced me to some of the folks that he knew, that's where we got involved with um, um, with uh, FMF, and uh, that's when Christina Denny at Cycle Trader Rock River stepped up. Uh, Mike Duclos at Rock River, they all stepped up, got Timmy on the Rock River Amateur Program, and um, we got him on the bikes, and the rest is history there. Uh, and, you know, as far as – it was such a rewarding experience for us because we didn't do any – we didn't do it for us. I didn't do it for myself. I didn't do it for any other reason just because it just seemed like the thing to do. The kid needed help. We had the ability to help him. And, um, and the, but the interesting thing I want everyone to understand is you can help people without writing a check. We didn't write outside of, outside of helping fund him to, to travel, to get to the main, to the national Loretta's, there wasn't any more money involved. It was more, Helping, helping mature these relationships that had that had become from folks that I had met, and and that he had met at Loretta's, and that his two runners up, and the two-stroke class and the runner up behind Charbonneau and the 450B mod afforded him. And it was what we did from those relationships, and and how we helped cultivate those relationships that ultimately has ended up what helped him out further down the road and gave him these relationships that he can further rely on now as he's trying to uh, 
you know, acquire points to run outdoors. So, you know, that's all we did. I mean, we gave them a, we gave them a place, uh, and gave them support and, and just gave them, um, you know, gave them the love of a kid that we don't have. And as far as the other kids that come along, like Taylor Benton, you know, good family. Uh, they live just North of us about 30 minutes. Uh, he's a fast kid. He's up and comer. He was a little monster energy racing. He was a monster energy kid back when he was on PWs. And, um, you know, as he's come up, uh, he's, he's now, I think 16, 17 years old and he's really showing some good speed, but it wasn't like I went out to find this kid. He's just a kid that hangs around us and I was able, and I've been able to use, um, the, the contacts and the people that, that I've become known as friends and, um, and I've told their, his story to them as well. And, and, um, we've been helping to get him support again, Mike Duclos, uh, at Rock River Power Sports, just an awesome program for guys, uh, for up and coming amateurs. You know, I can't say enough about what they do for these kids and, and with the blue crew program, you know, helping to get discounted parts. I mean, there's a big myth out there, um, Brad, and I'm sure you know it as well. You know, you hear all these kids and you go to the track and one kid will look at another kid or they'll be talking behind another kid's back going, yeah, well, that's not fair. He gets free bikes and he gets this and that. Nobody's getting free bikes. There may be one or two kids, one or two, that I can think of on hand that literally get a free bike, but somewhere down the road someone's paying for those. And... um and I think it's important for everyone to understand that. And when you can take these relationships that you build through the industry and when you're talking about these young kids that are trying to come up and move through the industry, it's important to, you know, to understand that just because a guy's giving you a discount, if he's giving you 60% off, and this is what I try to teach these young kids that are around us, there's a business behind this. There's a business behind the stuff that you see. So whereas one kid can go, hey, thanks for the stoke, man, and UPS Brown Santa was good to me, and look at my new boots, and look at all this cool stuff I just got in the mail, and we all do that because we want to, you know, show the love back to the sponsors that are helping us out. It's very important to remember that the guys that are out there that are giving you these discounts, when you're getting these 60, 70 percent, or even 50 or 40, you know, those are cutting in, or those are cutting into margins, and these are getting into yeah. folks that are. They have employees, they have buildings, they have workman's comp. They have a huge amount of expenses to run these businesses and marketing budgets that they're spending to get their product out there. And if you're going to take that discount, and this is what I've taught every one of these kids that I help mentor, you have an obligation. Just as if I gave you something that you needed to use, if I loaned you my pressure washer, you have an obligation to take care of that pressure washer and return it in the same manner in which you borrowed it. And so I teach these kids that when someone gives you something like a discount or even a freebie, it's not, hey, sweet, I'm entitled to it, I deserve it. We teach these guys, man, it's, it, it, needs to be a, it needs to be a sense of gratitude, and you owe it to them, genuinely owe it to them to return the favor by doing the best you can to promote to represent and be an ambassador for those brands that you're wearing. And, you know, that's a long way to go and a long story to tell you about how I got involved with these kids. But ultimately what we're doing with these kids is giving them, we, I say we, me uh, and my wife, 
is giving them a good groundwork of how the real world works and how business works and how these how the expectations are set. Because there's things like rules, rights, and responsibilities that we all have in every in every relationship that we enter into, and those are established up front. Whether it's hey, you can call me at eight o'clock at night, or I don't answer your phone after six thirty. Those are things that we all do. And when a man gives you or a woman gives you goggles or gear or gives you discounts, you owe that to them. And when you do that and you put in your effort and you put in your time, there's kids like Ezra Parker down here um, who does a phenomenal job working at social media and thanking Yamaha and the sponsors. Um, There's a lot of kids out there that are doing it. Um, You know, there's Jared Lesher who's out there with Driven MX who I think a lot of them, we spent a lot of time with Jared and, you know, Jared's doing a great job. He's doing, having some successes at the arena cross, um, and he's gotten his super cross. He made the night show here in Atlanta. But it, it's it's important for these guys to watch, and everyone listening is when you see these kids doing well, they're not on there going, hey, look at me. Look how great I did. They're going, hey, I want to thank you guys for supporting me, and let's talk about what a great rear tire that Dunlop is, for example, or let's talk about – how great this gear made me stay cool, you know, and they're, 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 they become ambassadors of that brand. So, yeah. And that's essentially what uh, creates the value to that company is like, I didn't just give this to you so that you can enjoy the gear. I gave this to you because I'm hoping that you're going to say the right good things about it to, uh, in turn, uh, I I take a little bit of a loss on, on giving you a discount or giving you some gear, but it's supposed to come back to me with uh, a return on my investment sort of thing. Yeah, and I, and you know, I think you could probably tell, and I'm sure folks on the other, uh, you know, listen to this podcast could probably tell that, you know, I'm pretty impassioned. I mean, we can, I love moto. We can sit around and talk and tell great stories and laugh. But when it comes to, um, to, to moving through this industry and, and doing things that we want to do, um, I've become impassioned about it is because I'm a business owner and I, and I built business and I understand and I get it and and I think most people do too, but. It's worth reiterating, and it's worth getting on a soapbox and talking about it because, you know, we live in a we live in a world where the shelf life of people's attention is very short, and you know, you can sit there and post one day that hey, check out Meta Magazine, but that post is gone and out of someone's mind quickly. So when you when you you know when you don a helmet that says Meta, or when you when you take on like I've taken on an opportunity to represent Verb. Uh, I try to do it in the most positive way I can, and I owe it to those guys that were before me that put in the time and the effort to build that brand to do the very best I can to continually represent it and continually promote it. And I think by doing that, you not only foster yourself in the industry, but you continue to build relationships that will help. Uh, and I'm talking to everyone out there listening to this that will help you um, down the road. Whether you stay in the, whether you work in the industry, you continue to race, or you move on and and become a home builder or a plumber or a stockbroker, whatever it is, it's those things that you learn now and the things that you can learn through Moto, uh, dealing with those sponsorships and relationships you build that's just going to help create the character and the person that you ultimately will be if you handle it right. And that's the way we try to treat Timmy and the other guys that that come in and out of our lives. Not that we're kind of any kind of motocross youth training camp. It just um, it's just kind of the way it evolved around here. And I, I've I've told some of the dads that uh, their kids hang out with us. It's like it's real simple. 
you know, there's not going to be any drinking or drugs around us. If you do, go find someone else to hang out with. I mean, we're not interested in that. If you want to exercise and work out and have a good time and take care of yourself and uh, be respectful to others and your sponsors, then yes, man, we got plenty of time. We'll do anything we can to help you out. And uh, that's kind of that's kind of the long explanation of it. But um, as you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about it, and, and I really do enjoy helping these kids out. And and it's awesome to see. It's awesome to see the growth. It's awesome to see. You know, two years I, two years ago, I, I couldn't get, I'll pick on him, but I couldn't get Timmy to, to put a tool back where he put it. You know, I couldn't get him to put the top back on the filter oil, you know, um, to where now to watch him put tools back and to take responsibility, to make those phone calls to the sponsors without being told, to, to write letters of thank you at the end of the year and prepare your own cover letters and resumes. Um, it's fun watching the growth in these guys do this. I couldn't I couldn't agree more and it seems like uh you've you've taken pride in uh leading by example and uh and, and you also practice what you preach because uh tough to uh to find anyone on social media that uh that does a better job uh, representing it and uh giving uh constant shouts out to uh to those who support you and not just the companies but the people that like you said um so like so and so is willing to take a loss or uh someone so and so is is willing to uh give me this product uh so that I can enjoy it and uh and ultimately um bet, better uh, your your day-to-day life as far as uh riding motocross goes and uh that's an important thing and uh you're you're awfully good at it so uh keep doing what you do man well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Sorry for the uh, long dissertation, hey. but uh, yeah, it's a, we're here to talk about it, and, and, and that's what we're doing. So, yes, sir. Uh, and uh, one of the things that uh, had been brought to, to kind of brought my mind, because especially when uh, when first we first talked, you'd mentioned that you went to uh, Bremen, and uh, of course uh, that is the uh, the track that the Kellys the Kellys ran. They don't know. Do they continue to uh, the, the track? Is the track done altogether or? Yeah, I think it is. I, and of course, don't quote me on this. I don't know the full details, but I do know that they've they've gone ahead. And I think they struggle with the decision too, because I know Kevin and and I know they love the sport and love the track and the memories it brings. But I think it was a difficult decision. But I but I'm yeah, they've shut it down. So well, uh... sad thing. But um, a lot of people have a lot of memories there. Uh, that being said, uh, give me your best King Kelly story. Give me your best Kelly Kevin Kelly story. Go. Well, I, don't, I never really got to know King that well because I came into the sport, so I don't really have any stories about King. Uh, I know uh, Kevin likes to, uh, you know, we we don't have too close of a relationship, but we know each other. Um, the uh, my most recent funny Kevin story was. Uh, they do the, the, you know, the DMX rest radio and, uh, me not being of the young club life, uh, age anymore. Uh, they do the, the annual supercross party. So, uh, Kevin had said, uh, he had posted something about, Hey, you know, DMX, you know, pre supercross party, make sure you're there. It's going to be at tongue and groove in Atlanta. And, uh, so, so I said, uh, I said something like, hey, um, I said, are old people invited? Uh, can old people come to the uh, to ZMXS party? He was like, absolutely, man, for sure. He said, it'd be great to see you there. And I'm like, 
well, you know what? I might just uh, I might just do that this year. Uh, normally, I try to get to bed about ten or ten thirty, but I said I may just come on out there. He was messing me back. He said, "Yeah, good to see you, old timer, whatever." And I was like, "All right, I'll come on out there." And uh, and then I said, and then I replied back to him, and I said, "Now, just to be clear, I said no chance you have like a uh, a Denny's senior citizen early bird party from like seven thirty to nine thirty, do you?" He's like, "Negative." Gate drops at 9.30. So uh, I showed up there at 9.30, and it was funny because uh, it was myself and a couple buddies, uh, Ryder Steffi uh, and a few other guys, and we walked in there, and, and uh, uh, Earl May and his wife were in there, and Susan, and, and uh, just a few of us. It was funny because the older guys were there before the music came on and got loud. But yeah, so we were having a good time, and it was, and and uh, I got to thinking it's time to go to bed, man. It's about ten thirty. I said I was gonna get out of there eleven. Sure enough, true to form, uh, here comes Wes Williams and those crowd, and, and the rest of the people I know, and and uh, got to meet Josh Hill. He comes walking in, and he's telling me about that big jump that he's do he does on that Dooney's commercial for their yeah. uh, deal coming up. He said that thing was two hundred fifty feet, by the way. Um, and he kind of OJ'd it, but, uh, anyway, but, uh, sure enough, I'm sitting there going, man, I got to get out of here. And all this time I'm like, no, Kevin Kelly, man's throwing a party, but Kevin's not here. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to miss him. Sure enough. Here he comes rolling in about 11, 11, 15. I was like, dude, I am out of here. <laughs> it was like, man, we're just getting rolling. So, uh. That's my most recent, Kevin. Those guys, they like giving me a hard time because I like to get to bed early, but uh, those guys are still warriors of the cause, and uh, I thought it was pretty cool to see them carrying the torch and coming in at about 11.15 to start the DMXS party, Supercross. So it was crazy. It's not a party until <laughs> Kevin gets there, and uh, at least you would have—you're uh, one of the rare people that actually got to see uh, David Iser, because that guy uh, he likes to get there early and he likes to make an early exit. He was probably gone long before you were, so uh, um, like uh, you're you're in rare company there. Yeah, we don't. Uh, I, that was it. Was kind of funny because I don't, as you can imagine, I, I don't want to paint myself as this super square guy, but uh, we just don't. Uh, Atlanta's 30 miles in town and to go into Atlanta and fight the parking and the parking decks and go into a nightclub. And I knew when I walked up and I saw this monster Red Bull urban assault vehicle with speakers, the size of a car, I'm thinking, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be bad. <laughs> there you go. So, so anyway, awesome. It was a good time though. Perfect. Well, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on and uh, and talking moto, man. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure. I I knew we'd go longer than uh, than expected, but that's a good thing. And uh, for those who uh, enjoyed that nice long podcast and lots of stories, they'll find uh, lots of that here, and uh, as well as uh, a generous uh, portion of of passionate for for motocross. And uh, I can't thank you enough. For, for coming on, giving me the time, and uh, lending me the stories so that I can uh, give them to uh, to my listeners. Um, before I uh, before I let you go, um, do you have any uh, anyone that you would like to thank uh, for uh, for, for uh, just your your involvement in motocross and or, or anyone whatsoever? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I didn't, I'd be a hypocrite, right? Right. <laughs> but. Uh... Yeah, well, you know, first, 
obviously, you know, my wife is Valerie uh, is, is just awesome, and and she loves the fact that I and she loves my passion and for it, and I thank her for you know knowing when the weekends come up. You know, she, a lot of times her response is, "Hey, where are you going this weekend?" And and where some wives or girlfriends may go, "You're not going racing again, are you?" Um, so first and foremost for her, uh, you know, Andrew, um, and, and Jason, Andrew Campo and Jason aside for, for giving me an opportunity to come play with those guys in their sandbox. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, and, and it's afforded me some really fun relationships. You know, I've said in this podcast several times, uh, you know, the, the folks over at Rock River, Mike Duclose has been great. He's worked with us, working with Timmy and, He's got me on his Yamahas now and, and, and uh, the kids that I've helped. And he's always open to uh, to hear, you know, who I might have um, that might want to be riding with him that, that's, that's, that I think is not necessarily a fast guy, but a good quality character representing, um, you know, him and his brands. Uh, obviously, FMF, the guys over there, Chad Kreitz uh, with FMF Apparel, um, FM, you know, Joel, and the guys over there on the FMF Amateur and Little D, they've been super great and accommodating to myself and, and Timmy. I uh, want to throw out a huge shout-out to uh, Shane Gould with uh, Fuel Clothing, still making the rad of socks ever. He was the first people. He was like our first sponsor, if you want to call that. And, and I just I continue to buy tons of socks. I give them to friends and just always spreading that, uh, that fuel fire as, uh, as much as I can. You know, Roost MX, they, they've been great uh, making some graphics for us and, and keeping us looking good. Uh, the um, the uh, guys over there, uh, Jason uh, Jason McComb with Inside Line Connect and his hookup with uh, taking care of us on the voice and keeping our bikes looking good. Um, and then you've got, uh, golly, so many other people. Joe Moto, he's got our seats looking great with the Moto seats. Um, Dunlop Tires, golly, and, and just all the other friends that, that have been around that uh, help us out uh, from everywhere, from Brandon Smith, who's helped us out uh, with Timmy. Uh, Brandon was a fast guy with uh, Kawasaki Team Green for many years. I think he went to seven or nine Loretta Lens, um, so he had a fantastic amateur career. Matt Chu for uh, all the time he's taken and uh, helping me uh, become a better rider. Um Golly, uh, just the kids too, you know, Timmy for, for, um, you know, being around there and being part of our lives and Taylor Benton and, and Jared Lesher and, and, uh, Ryder Steffi and a bunch of these kids that have come in and out of our lives that, uh, it's really made an impact on Valerie and I. And, um, you know, it seems like a lot of times that we've done stuff for them. Um, but I think at the end of the thing, at the end of the day, they've done more for us than I think that we could probably ever done for them. So, you know, I might have been, uh, I might have missing a few folks uh, uh, through there, but I would say that uh, if anybody has enjoyed some of our stories and kind of wants to follow along, you know, uh, on some of the things that we're doing, um, be sure to uh, check out Verb Moto. And certainly, uh, if you're interested, the, the Meta Volume Five's out. I encourage everybody to uh, go to um, readmeta.com and, and and check out looking at a subscription for that. It's a just some timeless, um, timeless content, and it looks good sitting on the coffee table. And you know, if anybody's interested in following along and seeing what old Frankie's doing and how the road to Loretta's and all the other um, 
all the other uh, dirt bike uh, adventures I'm up to, you know, you can always follow me at uh, the Factory 117. That's the Factory 117 on Instagram, and um, and that's pretty much it, man. Brad, I just thank you so much for letting me have on and and um, letting me talk. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely, and uh, I absolutely insist that uh, you end up being a repeat offender uh, as a guest on the uh, on the Big MX Radio podcast show. Uh, like I said, we can't uh, we thank you for giving me time uh, and the laughter and the memories, and uh, there'll be more to come. I wish you the best of luck in your pursuit to uh, to the ranch. And yeah, everyone, go uh, go follow uh, the Factory One Seventeen. Go check out that beautiful Yamaha that uh, he calls his own. And uh, um, like I said, man, uh, you're you're a great man of the sport, and I'm glad to have uh, had your story told today. Well, I appreciate it, man. I think I'm now going to uh, go hit the mountain bike trails. So uh, beautiful. Everybody, have a good one, and I enjoyed talking with you, Brad. We'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, okay. we'll come off right there. All right. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.